Uh, get your notes out so I can get into the Word. I want to jump right into the Word today. Um, I, uh, we're in the series, Let the Church Rise, as we've been talking about the same Spirit. What a great Sunday last week. Anybody go out to the park? What an awesome day we had today on Pentecost Sunday. Uh, wear those t-shirts as often as you can. It was so cool. I was looking at all of the t-shirts. We could not only be called Freedom Fellowship, we could also be called the T-Shirt Church because we have... Anybody got a drawer full of Freedom shirts? Anybody have some? You could wear one every day of the week. Uh, but it, it was so wonderful. We had a great Pentecost Sunday this past week. I love uh, Acts Uh, Acts chapter 2, and and I told you we would take these three Sundays, the Ascension and Pentecost, and today we want to talk a little bit about the mission of the church. Look at Acts 2.38. At the end of the outpouring of Pentecost, on that day, all the disciples, they, they are speaking languages they've never spoken before, and they are declaring the wonderful works of God. In Acts 2.38, the people ask, what do we need to do to be saved? And Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you. Read this. Come on. I got any daddies and mamas want to read this for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, look at this, be saved from this perverse generation. I can just preach on that for a little while. Be saved from this perverse generation. Don't let what's going on in this generation stop you from salvation. Don't get wrapped up in it. Then those who gladly received this word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Praise Jesus. In verse 46, the Bible says, They continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church. Read that last line. And the Lord added to the church. And the Lord added. He what? What did the Lord do? added to the church, those who were being saved. So this is the work of the Holy Spirit, but the Lord is adding to the church. There's a problem when the church doesn't have addition. The church should always have addition. So what we read in these scriptures and acts that a few things uh, happen, there is great power that is exhibited in the church. One of the things that we see is they have the power to live right. How many believe God will change the way you live? Anybody believe that? You get saved, you won't be able to continue in some of the stuff. that. You, anybody experience that in your life? The power to live right and the power to produce spiritual fruit. I taught you about the fruit of the Spirit, and some of us think, well, you know, if I could just learn how. Some of these things aren't learned. They are received. They are produced in our lives. You need salvation, and you need to welcome Holy Spirit in your life. He will give you power. You say, well, I just can't forgive people. Get saved and see what Jesus does in your life. Give your life to Jesus. Welcome Holy Spirit. Also, power to defeat the enemy. The power to defeat the enemy. 
Have you ever felt like you were in spiritual warfare before? Have you felt that way? Like the enemy was trying to destroy you, trying to, to, he was attacking your mind, attacking your thoughts. But ultimately, the power to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you get that? You got a little quiet. You like power to defeat the enemy. Power to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. Who had trained Peter to proclaim the gospel of Jesus? I, you know, I don't know, but somehow there they are. They have supernatural power, and he takes them. I love the story of Acts because he takes them to this place of proclamation that they had never been before. They hadn't been to a linguistics class. They had not, they, I mean, they had a language that they spoke. These are guys that were just fishermen, and suddenly they are proclaiming the wonderful works of God in languages that they had never learned before. Now, why did he do that? Because he wants all of us to know, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to proclaim the good news of Jesus on levels that you have never proclaimed it before. You'll be able to talk to people. You say, I can't talk to them. We don't have nothing in common. We're not from the same place. We, we don't have the same background. Listen, the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to relate to people that you have never been able to relate to before. So here's what I want to do today. I want you to become what you were meant to be. I want you to discover what you were meant to be, and I want you to become what you were meant to be. If anything, I'm, my, my preaching is going to clarify what the church looks like in its prime. It's the teaching today. So today, I want to talk about saving people. You like that? Saving people. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Anybody say, I'm not, I'm not ashamed. Now, some people think I'm not ashamed means, well, you know, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not. No, I'm not ashamed of the, uh, of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation, for people to be saved, for everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. I can't, quiet, I can't be quiet about the gospel. I have to tell people the good news of Jesus. I am not ashamed. That unashamedness produces addition in the church of the Lord Jesus. I love people. Anybody love people? Some people hate people. Some people just, I don't like people. I just don't like them. I love people. I love, I love weird people. Okay. Some people think I'm weird. So I appreciate that. I love strange people, and, and I see strange people. I see some of, some of you in the room today. I want you to know I love you. I ain't looking at anybody right now, but I love you, you know? Uh, I, love, I love the way people are different. I just, I love watching them, looking at them. I love smiling at them. I like laughing with them. Pastor, you laugh at people. Okay, sometimes I do because they're funny, all right? That's why. But, but I like that. I think people la la laugh at me too. I love talking to people. I love talking to all kinds of folk. I, if, if you check me out at the Home Depot, I'm going to try to talk to you, okay? I'm going to ask you how your day is. People behind me be upset. Why didn't he go through the self-check? Because there are people that need to be talked to at the checkout line. 
And I, it happens to me regularly, too. I'll, I'll walk into a store and somebody say, hey, Pastor Rick. And I have to pretend to know somebody. <laughs> it wasn't nice. I mean, if you've been gone for 20 years, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, that's not nice. But I will, yes, it's you. <laughs> Work it right out. I mean, I'm not lying. I'm just trying to remember, Okay. <laughs> It is you. They are you. They are who. So that's okay. Let me get, I like to talk to folks. I like to talk. If, if you wait on me at a restaurant uh, and they come up and they say, uh, hi, my name is so-and-so. I introduce myself and my wife and other people at the table. And I tell them there will be a test at the end of the meal because I want to have, I, you know, I have seen people come to freedom, give their life to Jesus because I was at a restaurant. I have seen that. There are people that I have waited, people who have sold me stuff. I'm looking for one of my sisters. I bought some furniture the other day at Valley or Value City, all right? And she's been coming to church regularly ever since then. Okay, so I was looking for her. But this is a great opportunity. You realize that every time you come into contact with somebody, it is a spiritual opportunity. You say, oh, no, there's one of those weird people going to tell me about Jesus. <laughs> me, okay? Rather than being one of those culturally normal people that keep the most wonderful gift in the world to themselves. Well, I'm only going to tell people about Jesus if I feel led. Well, I haven't got my key ring in my pocket right now. But I have a, I have a lead fishing weight that hangs on my key ring because... Anytime I think I'm not led, I take a look at that piece of lead and realize that I got led when I got the Holy Spirit in my life. I am led. So you don't feel it. I don't have to feel it. I'm in the flesh sometimes. I'm 60 years old. Sometimes I don't feel it. That didn't make sense. All right. So I'm not that old. So anyway, I like seeing people saved. Uh, one, one of my, my, I love telling the story about that little boy at the beach one day. We were out playing in the water. It was years and years ago, and I saw a little boy got caught in a wave, and he was going under. And so I pulled out my Superman cape, and I jumped in, and I grabbed him and lifted him up, and he's coughing. I take him to his mama. I was the hero that day. Yay, me. No, I didn't get any applause there. I'm sorry. I missed that. Y'all missed that. It was kind of, uh, you know, it really wasn't that amazing because I could walk on the sand to where he was. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And, and you might say, well, you know, why wasn't the, the family watching that child? Why weren't they? I don't know. Why was I not watching my own little boy when he was four years old at the beach and walked about a mile away without me knowing where he was? And then my heart gets broken. I'm saying, dear God, I've lost my little boy. Anybody ever been that way? I just feel like Felicia, when she was little, we would take her to the store and she would go and hide between the racks, all right? My, my greatest joy in life is seeing a good rescue story. And the best is seeing people saved from their sins, saved from hell, seeing their life turned around, not just here at this altar, but wherever we might be. People need the Lord like they've never needed the Lord before. I'm so, so thankful for the growth and power of this church. But, but I really want to accomplish something today. I really need to be clear. It is imperative 
that we all become what we were meant to become. Now, don't, don't get nervous right now. I want you to get all shaken up. Some of you are feeling, oh, no, he, when I leave this place, I'm going to have to tell people about Jesus. Exactly! <laughs> Jesus did not just save us and give us our heaven card and tell us to go on with our lives. He saved us in order that others would also be saved. Did you read that scripture in Acts? This promise is not just for you, but it's for you and your children and as many as the Lord our God shall call. So so the work of Christ is powerful. Redemption, the infilling of the Spirit is not simply a religious recitation. It is the power of God on display in our lives. And I want you to become what you were meant to become. I I don't want you to be confused. I want you to be, I don't want you to be shortchanged on what could be your eternal reward. I want us to all receive a well done. I love people. On Memorial Day, when I think of people who laid down their lives for our country for so many reasons, I think, I think one that we, one, of the, one of the thoughts that, that we don't want to admit is this. I'm so glad that people laid down their life for me, for my country. Because they did it, I don't have to do it. I don't have to go to the front line of battle. I don't have to go and stand in, in the fire. I, I regularly, every year, remember... Uh, two uncles. One's name was Edward and one's name is Lester. Edward Hyatt was in the 187th Airborne and his brother, my uncle, great uncle, private first class, Lester Hyatt of the 27th Infantry Regiment, uh, fighting in Korea. Lester was declared wounded and captured by the enemy. And then there's the story. How many have family legends? Anybody have family stories? So I don't even know if this is, I don't know how true it is. You know, like when I was a child, I was always told that we had Native American in our history. And then I did a DNA test and I can't find any. So I want to go ask grandma where she came up with that story. Uh, But then there is this story. And and the story was that uh, after... uh, after my Uncle Lester was captured by the enemy, wounded and captured, that evidently they said that uh, my Uncle Edward actually uh, went to find him. And I, I'm just going to hang on to the story because that's the way I heard it. Uh, but anyway, he was also captured. And both were missing in action and declared deceased by the army. So I, I, I love Edward's heart for Lester. I love... Would you go and try to find somebody that you loved? Would you try to do something if they were captured and they were wounded? And, and, but then, I, I love that they cared so much and pursued him. But you might say to me, but he failed. And I hear your assessment. But what I'm saying is that there are some things that are more important in this life than breath. Anybody agree? Family. Children, your faith. Any patriots in the room? Any patriots in the house? God, family, your country. How many believe your country is important? Anybody believe that? That the country is important. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a man that has been saved by grace through faith, knowing that I am no better than anyone else, yet somehow Jesus 
found me, saved me, delivered me, that I would be lost and without God and doomed for eternal separation from God. Yet Jesus loved me. And he not only saved me, but he filled me with his Holy Spirit. I just can't help myself. I'm no better than anybody else. I want the same love of God to be expressed to other people. I want you, if you're in the room today or listening to me, I want you to know that Jesus loves you, cares about you, and he wants you to be saved. Since it's Memorial Day, I'm I'm deeply moved by other stories of great faith and the stories of those who died for their faith. How about the apostles? All of them. Paul and Silas would be beheaded and Andrew would bring the gospel to Russia and Asia Minor and then in Greece he would be crucified. Thomas took the gospel to Syria and was murdered by, their, by soldiers. Philip and Bartholomew would be crucified in Rome and historians say that they actually, as they were crucified, preached the gospel of Jesus Christ while they were hanging on crosses. Matthew spread the gospel to Ethiopia, and eventually he was attacked and stabbed to death. Simon the Zealot was martyred in Persia. And Matthias, after proclaiming the gospel in Cappadocia and Ethiopia, was stoned to death as he proclaimed the good news. Just kept preaching as the rocks hit him because he wanted those who threw stones at him to know the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Their deaths are not their stories. Their commitment to the gospel is their stories. Their foundation of faith. And literally before the internet, before cell phones, before television, they brought the gospel through their preaching and baptizing and spiritual impartation to a church that, that literally would be millions strong as they left this world. They shook the foundations of the nations. They uprooted the Roman Empire because these fishermen could not be silenced. And they had the message of the gospel of Jesus. Can I preach to you? Any, anybody, citizens of the United States, and anybody, anybody in this nation, no more excuses. They, listen, they didn't have sound systems. They didn't have church buildings. They didn't have heat. They didn't have AC. The preachers didn't have sneakers. The singers didn't have keyboards. They worshiped. They didn't have curriculum, but they brought people home and discipled them face-to-face, one-on-one. Folks, we don't have any excuses today. We got computers, and we got smartphones, we got, come on, we got all this stuff going on. We'd be upset if the AC didn't work. I ain't going to church to have any AC. Listen, right in the face of death, they proclaim the gospel of Jesus, and you are our, you and I, I are their great, great, great great, 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 great grandbabies because we also have been born again into the kingdom of God. Come on, everybody ought to know who Jesus is. Anybody? I said everybody. Everybody ought to know. Come on. The banker, the the person at 7-Eleven, they need to know Jesus. Everybody on the boardwalk needs to know who Jesus is. They'll think I'm crazy. No. What if they do? You're already crazy. Go ahead and proclaim Jesus to all of the lost. I love my church. 
I love being a Christian. Anybody else love being a Christian? Every now and again, you don't want to be a Christian. Somebody cut you off in traffic if I wasn't a Christian. I also love church history, but we, we must do more than remember. We must embrace our mission. I believe the church is great in these last days. But I'm often vexed in that Christians are entertained, petted, groomed, taught, grouped. So much that it sometimes seems as though we are committed to everything but the lost. We are the prettiest Christians in history. Well, look good. Help me, Jesus. There ain't nothing wrong with looking good. I love being saved. Come on. Anybody love being saved? I love being saved. I love worship. Anybody love worship? I love, I love getting together and worshiping. And can I say again, I love t-shirts. Anybody love t-shirts? I love Christian t-shirts. I have, I have my own Christian t-shirts. Anybody have Christian t-shirts? Is it okay to still wear them? I mean, used to there were like Christian bookstores. Remember those days? You could go in and buy Christian t-shirts, right? I mean, I think there's still a heaven and earth around. I think somewhere over on Indian River or somewhere around in there, I think there's one of those, uh, all of the life ways you have to order online now, okay? You have to do it that way. Uh, I, and I've been to the other stores. They got some t-shirts, but they ain't Christian. I, I'm all for it. But can I tell you some other things I'm for? I am for revival. I'm for revival. I'm for it. I'm not against it. I'm for revival. <laughs> And I believe in prayer. Anybody else believe in prayer? I believe that the church ought to pray. If I already lost everybody, you're still in the room. I also believe in transformation by the power of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Anybody? I was in a store one day, and Diane and I, we were shopping. Some lady walked up and gave us a coupon that she wasn't going to use. She saw us buying some, just handed us a coupon. I thought... How cool that she would just hand me a coupon, all right? Maybe we ought to get some stuff in our hands to hand people, all right? That will actually change their lives. I love giving people Jesus. I love seeing their lives changed. I love it. I love it. I love, come on. I love it more than banana pudding. I love it. I love it more than cookouts. I love it more than anything. I'm not saying don't have that stuff. I'm just saying there is nothing sweeter than seeing people come to Jesus. I need to tell everyone today what your ultimate purpose is. So your purpose is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. Saving people requires our witness. It's like Father, if people say, you know, if Jesus wants them saved, he'll go get them saved. No, we are the vehicles of salvation. I know I shared uh, the message on Pentecost last Sunday. But in all of your exercise of spiritual gifts, remember, Satan is not impressed by your tongues, prophecy, miracles, or exorcisms as long as you do nothing about the lost. Did you hear that? And in Acts chapter 1, one of the things that we see is you shall receive power, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Somebody say, shall. Because when it comes to commandments, 
We see that strong word, shall. I mean, you don't see in the Living Bible or the message, but shall, you know. In, in, the, in the Ten Commandments, you see all these shall nots and these shalls. That means this is what you will do. Because the Holy Spirit is in you, you shall be witnesses to, to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Signs follow the believers. Yes, signs are wonderful, but the purpose of signs is to demonstrate the power of God and to strengthen the church for the cause of Christ. I love people who lay their lives on the line for our country and for so many reasons. I think that, I, I think one that we don't want to admit is this because they do it. I don't have to do it. You hear what I'm saying? I think because somebody else, we have somebody who is an evangelist or somebody is a preacher, they're doing that now. I don't need to do it. You're not listening to the Holy Spirit if that's what you believe. I never intended to be a preacher. Preacher came to me. I didn't chase down being a preacher. However, my most fulfilling moments of serving Jesus are twofold. One is when I received Jesus as my Savior. That is like the moment. How many have ever heard me tell the story when I got saved? Anybody ever heard that? How many have heard it five times? Anybody heard it five times? How many have heard it 20 times at least? Come on, we're my old timers. How many have heard it 30 or 40 or 50 times? Don't make me tell you again how that the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. I know the seat I was in. I know the church I was in. I know the feeling of the Holy Spirit. I know my mama looking over at me and asking me, would you like to give your life to Jesus? Do you need to pray? And me coming down with my eyes filled with tears and kneeling right in front of the big old pulpit in front of Pastor Dewey Davis and giving my life over to Jesus. Yes. That's a big moment in my life. But you know, the other big moments are happening over and over, and that is seeing others receive Jesus Christ. Nothing like it. I've led so many people to Jesus in my life, many right here at this church, many at other places. I started leading people to Jesus as a child. I learned to tell people as a, about Jesus the, the day after I got saved. I got saved on a Sunday. I went back to kindergarten on Monday. And I sat at the end of the slide, and I told all the kids that came down the slide about Jesus. I still remember standing there at the slide telling all these kids about Jesus. You say, well, that's really cute. I believe that some of those kids remembered little Ricky Jean standing at the foot of the slide and must have heard. I planted it into their little hearts. That moment, I believe some of them, this is just my own faith. I won't know until I get to heaven. I believe at that day in Mrs. Powell's class at Van Buren Elementary School in Hamilton, Ohio, some child heard about Jesus at the slide, and today they're serving Jesus somewhere. Play with me. I, I remember that. I, I remember at school. I remember in high school. I remember eventually in my place of employment. Still, I love seeing people to come to Jesus. I kind of intoxicated by it. Anybody ever been intoxicated? Okay. See, look at all the people that need Jesus today. Look at that. Uh, in, in fact, let's do it right now. Some of you in this room may need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to, can I, can I talk to you? You said, yeah, I want you today to give up your life to Jesus. I want you to receive salvation. I want all of your sins to be washed away.
You see, all believers are commissioned to save people. That's what Jesus said in the Great Commission of Matthew 28, 18. He said, all authority in heaven is given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Yes, Jesus saves. But we actually take part in the saving work. Our job is to witness That was one of the prime reasons Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. But there's one thing that is true about believers and non-believers. They're both uptight about evangelism. Believers and non-believers. Like non-believers, oh, you one of those Christians going to tell me about Jesus? And then believers, oh, I guess now when I leave, I'm going to have to tell people about Jesus just putting a guilt trip on me. Get over your sinful self. what do you do after you're saved? Live a godly life? Reject sin? All kinds of question marks there. What do you do? But clearly we're commanded to save our, to, 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 to share our faith. This is not a professional calling. This is a blanket calling. People need Christ. I know I'm making people really nervous right now. Really, I'm, I'm about to change your world and break the power of darkness because that's the work of the enemy to silence the church with the gospel of Jesus. We are about, I believe, in the church to have a great awakening. Anybody agree with what I'm saying? I believe we're on the verge in the church to have this great awakening. I believe that we are ready for a great revival like never before in our land. I remember, I probably told you the time when I met Reinhard Bonnke. God bless him. What a great evangelist. But I remember walking with him and talking with him that one time that I got to meet him. And I was walking him back to the conference uh, platform so that he could preach. And, you know, he didn't want to take a limousine. He didn't want a professional escort. He just bumped into me in the elevator. But while we're walking, he's talking to me about Jesus. Think, what's up with this guy? And then he gets in the pulpit, and I listen to his sermon about his ministry in Africa. This German evangelist talking about his ministry in Africa, and he makes this declaration. The one thing I want to do, my vision is one day to stand at the gates of heaven and open them up and watch Africa march in to the kingdom of God. You know something you may not know about Reinhard and, and others is he had really pretty feet. Amen. Anybody got pretty feet? Amen. Okay, anybody got pretty feet? I've seen people with ugly feet before. I mean, I've seen some people, they take off their shoes and say, put your shoes back on. You know, just... Pretty feet. Pretty feet is cool, isn't it? Anybody like pretty feet? You think I'm weird right now, don't you? I want... If I, if I get anything in this world, when I end up in heaven, I want to have beautiful feet. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. Romans 10, verse 14. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written... This is from Isaiah. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. This is not supposed to be complicated. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we have the word of God. So what are we supposed to do? Speak the word of God so that other people can hear. And as you speak the word of God, they hear, they have faith. Faith, a spark of faith rises up. They put their faith in Jesus. And as they put their faith in Jesus, they are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. People who speak the word of God have beautiful feet. I'm not asking you to go to communist China. I'm asking you to just, just, I just want to make some recommendations, okay? Can I make some recommendations? All right. How many know the best restaurants in the city of Virginia Beach? Anybody know some really good restaurants to eat? Anybody? Come on. Anybody know a good restaurant? Come on. Anybody? All right. I went a few times. Uh, Tim, Kim, Cantina Laredo, okay? Like that place. Really nice view. Good food. Been there a few times. But you know my favorite restaurant in the city of Virginia. Somebody say it. Say it. Guads, Guads, all right? I've been going to Guads. If you don't go to Guads, you should go to Guads because Jesus is the manager. Jesus is the manager, okay? So I tease him about that all the time, Jesus. And uh, call, when you go, ask if Jesus is in, all right? See if he'll come out and talk to you. Good, fajitas are amazing. I've been going there for a long, long time. But there are some other restaurants that are good. Anybody been to Dockside before? Anybody? I mean, probably difficult to get there now. But I think first time I ever went, I went, John, you and the family, Steve, Charlotte, Cindy, all of us, we all went out there. Speaking of memorial, nobody like your precious wife, Cindy. My Lord, what a great servant of the Lord Jesus. But remember going to Dockside, eating? I believe we went out, Steve and Charlotte, for their anniversary or something and had a meal out there. I like Dockside. They also have some early specials. If you get there before 5.30, you can get salmon for a better price. So I like specials. And anybody been to the Dorican Chef before? Anybody been there on Holland Road? You know, good Christian folks run that place. Had some pollo fundido. Hallelujah. And then there's this other fine restaurant that I've been to several times called Cracker Barrel. Somebody thank God for chicken and dumplings. Thursday night, turkey and dressing and sweet potato casserole. I'm saying recommendation, okay? Recommendations. All I'm saying is you guys need to make a recommendation. Somebody asked for a restaurant. You would talk for an hour about the, what restaurants you like. But, but somebody needs a recommendation of what they're going to do with their life, their brokenness. And there's a lot of things that we can say, but the greatest advice, the thing they will need to turn to and will turn your life around is the gospel of Jesus, the story of the cross. Some of you know all about restaurants, but can I give you just a few ideas about how to make recommendations? In fact, some of you need to hear this right now. Some foundations of your faith are for spiritual laws. One is God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Say it. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Say that to somebody next to you, even if they already know Jesus. Tell them God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. How do you know? Well, God so loved the world, he gave his only son, and whoever believes in him will not perish. So try it. Try it. Say it again. Somebody's in trouble. Somebody's hurting. Somebody's suffering. And you're in the room right now. I want to tell you this. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. You say, well, how do I know that? Because that's what Jesus said. It's getting easier already. Here's another, here's another spiritual law. Humanity is corrupted by sin and is therefore separated from God. And you, you, somebody is, you know, they say, I know, but I'm struggling. And yeah, I know because this world is corrupt 
And it's separated from God. So the things that you're facing right now in in this world have to do with all of the corruption, all of the brokenness that's in the world. That's what's happening. Why why are people suffering? Why is there so much brokenness? Why is there so many things that I don't understand? Because humanity is corrupt and separated from God. That's what Jesus said. I mean, it's what the Word of God says in Romans 3.23. You remember this? Everyone has sinned and everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. But they can be justified freely by his grace through the redemption redemption that came from Jesus. Wow. And here's something else I want to tell you. Jesus Christ is God's only cure for our sin. What am I going to do about my past? You don't, anybody been here before? You don't know what I've done. You don't know who I am. You don't know the sin, the things that I've done. Yes, I understand that. But there is a cure for your sin. God demonstrated his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus himself declared that he is the only way of salvation. Jesus said that in John 14 and 6. I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. So, okay, here's a test. Spiritual law. God loves you and has what? He does. And then, secondly, humanity is what? It's corrupted by sin and separated from God. And who is the only cure? Can I tell you one other thing? We must place our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior. In order to receive the gift of salvation. What do we have to do? We have to just place your faith. What do I do? Place your faith. Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, that's a sign of the Holy Spirit present in your life. Do you actually believe? You're still struggling though when you look at this. Let me me give you this. Okay, now there's all kinds of systems about bringing people to Christ. Here's a good question. Is there any good reason why you should not accept Jesus right now? Just say that with me. Is there any good reason? I mean, imagine somebody that you know that needs Jesus and you haven't talked to them. Is there any good reason why you shouldn't accept Jesus Christ right now? And they might say, yeah, I got some issues. You just keep going back to number one and number two and number three and number four because they answer all of their issues. John 1, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Does anybody see the word all there? To all who received him, to all who believed him. Acts 16 and 31, remember, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Let me finish this up. Everybody look at me. Everybody look up here to me. Look at me for a moment. Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Have you given your life up to him? Do you know somebody that needs Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Hear me, freedom is a marvelous church. We're really good at doing a lot of good things. We make the best t-shirts of any church in town. We know how to throw a picnic, don't we? Have you seen us when VBS is, is flourishing? Have you seen us pack the kids in? We know how to take care of people. Have you seen us hand groceries out? Have you seen us do that stuff? Did you notice when you came in, all the shrubs were trimmed? Did you notice that? Did you notice you sat down on a nice, comfortable seat? Did you notice the music was really good? Do you know why we do all of that stuff? Because we want to be better than all of those other churches out there. No, we don't. I sucked you right into that. 
Some people say, well, there's such a struggle between denominations and other churches. No, there's not. There's not. There really isn't. The enemy kind of paints it that way. But listen, you know what really happens? Is we're all the church, and so we hold one another accountable. There's accountability, even in diverse denominations. You say, well, why are they always, they're not always fussing. What they're doing is saying, these things need to be better in this particular community. Or these things need to be better. We have the right to do that because we are all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. What I'm saying is, all of the picnics and all the t-shirts and all the shrub work, all the music, everything that we do is to point people to Jesus Christ. We're not here in competition with anybody else. We're here so people can be saved. Is there anybody in this room that has ever given their life to Jesus? Does anybody remember when you were here and you surrendered your life to Jesus? Where are you? Anybody remember when you gave your life to Jesus? I remember when some of you first came. I remember when some of you came and you'd been gone for a long time. I, I've been here a while, so I know a lot about your stories. I remember about the folks you were before you came to Jesus, and I know who you are now. When I think back on the stories of those who gave their life to Jesus, I remember sitting with one of the first brothers of this church, Jesse Volov, and him telling me about what he was before he came to Jesus, about the bar he used to run down at the beach, and about who he was, and how he gave his life to Jesus. I remember Pop telling me over and over, Steve Volov, many of you don't remember Pop, you don't know him, but... You know, a great brother. I remember the reason that he came is because his wife would not stop talking about Jesus. Charlotte wouldn't be quiet. Pop was famous for running around, being a crazy guy, always ran around with a big old cigar. In fact, his mouth was kind of shaped for a cigar to go in one corner of his mouth. One day he surrendered his life to Jesus. And that guy who surrendered his life to Jesus led the building of this building that you are in right now. But first, he had to give his life over to Jesus. There is nothing more important than I have to do today than to make sure that everyone in this room knows Jesus. And that you also know that it is your honor, your task to lay everything else aside and go to the front lines and share Jesus. Would you all stand with me? Some people don't like this, but I like it. So I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, you ready for me to do this? So just uh, bow your head where you are. I think I know nearly everybody in the room, but just bow your head where you are. Let me ask you this question. Is there any reason, any good reason why you should not accept Jesus Christ right now? Because your eyes are closed. Just bow your head and stand there a moment. For a moment, is there any reason why you shouldn't give your life up to Jesus? Would you like to give up your life to Jesus? Like Him to turn your life around? Today would be a great day for you to surrender your life to Jesus, and I'll help you. You walk through it. There is a cure for what ails you. And if you would say, Yes, Pastor Rick, I need to give my life to Jesus, would you just now? Give me a little wave. I'm looking. Just give me a little wave. I would like to surrender my life to Jesus this morning. So, I see. I got a little wave. Okay. Good. Let's just bow our heads.
Now listen, some people don't know how to pray. What people, you know, people say, don't make people repeat a prayer. Okay, I understand you're more spiritual than that, but happen in prayer. Some people don't necessarily know how, so let's all pray together. Just repeat after me, would you? God, I know that I have sinned. I know I deserve punishment. But I know that Jesus took the punishment that I deserve and that I can be forgiven. I repent. I turn from my sin. I place my trust in you and ask you to save me. Now pause, everybody. I want you to know, for those of you who are praying that right now, Jesus is saving you. He is saving you. Now let's all give him thanks. Tell him, thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for my gift of eternal life. I believe, Jesus, that you are my Lord, that you died on the cross, that you rose again. I give my life to you. Now let's all give praise to the Lord Jesus. Now would you do this for me? Would you turn to somebody and ask them, did you give your life to Jesus? Ask them. Ask them. Some of them might say, I just gave my life to Jesus. Go ahead. You might say that. Look at somebody and say, I just gave my life to Jesus. Say that to somebody. Did somebody just give their life to Jesus? You're with somebody who just gave their life to Jesus. Wave at me. All right. Somebody just gave their life to Jesus. I would like to pray with you personally right up here in the front, right at the conclusion of the service. All right. I want my... uh, but let's, hey, let's receive communion together. This is a celebration banquet now, all right? So would you open up? By the way, anybody want to celebrate with me? Somebody did just give their life to Jesus this morning. Would you celebrate with me? Praise Jesus. Somebody dance. Somebody dance. Would you do that? Praise Jesus. <laughs> it's not that complicated, folks. <laughs> This is the bread. We remember the broken body of the Lord Jesus. We thank him for his broken body. Lord, we give you thanks for your broken body, and we receive it gratefully in Jesus' name. The bread, the body of Christ, take it and remember the Lord. Receive it. Receive the bread. The cup, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, blood that was shed for you and me. Lord, we give you thanks for your blood that cleanses us from all sin. Receive it in Jesus' name. Take and receive the cup. Father, we give you thanksgiving for the cross. We thank you for salvation. I want my Spirit Life team to come and be ready to pray for people as we conclude the service. I want you to come and receive prayer. Some of you need prayer for healing in your body. Some of you need prayer. You've just given your life to Jesus. Some of you need prayer for your family, for your home, for struggles in your life. We're always here. prayer and we're ready to pray with you God bless you all Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you be gracious to you and give you peace we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and sing for a moment you've been dismissed when you choose God bless you all go in the peace of the Lord